Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Liu. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Today is an exciting day because it is March 11th, and that means it's book launch day. You can head over to Amazon and search for The Rising Sisterhood. Come rise with us. This book is a compilation of essays from 16 women who decided to rise, overcome their struggles, and cultivate a life of impact. It is our hope that you will see something of yourself in these struggles and be inspired to take action so that you too can rise. I have been very honored to be one of the co-authors in this book. And today on the show, I have our leader from this project, founder of The Rising Sisterhood, Amy Edge on the show. Amy Edge is an impact-driven entrepreneur. She is an operations and project management expert for visionaries and changemakers in the online space. Her strategic partnerships increases profits, empowers their teams, scale their businesses with complete ease and without frustration. So if you don't yet have an operations manager in your business, let's talk to her today about what exactly that is. Thank you for being on the show, Amy. Hi, Lucy. Thanks so much for having me on your show today. So what exactly does a project manager or operations manager like yourself do for a business? So simply put, the director of operations or um, an operations manager like myself, we own or are responsible for the overall management and overseeing of the people, the team, the projects, the strategic planning, and systems and process development within the business. The director of operations is also in charge of bringing the CEO, the visionary's ideas to life to tell that visionary, you know, what needs to happen, how to do it, and then really delegating the implementation and execution of those tactics to the appropriate team member. We're also, you know, modeling leadership on the team. We're showing them how we are continually moving the needle forward in the business so that we're always looking toward the greater good, the three to five year vision. Some of the, the responsibilities of a director of operations that they're responsible for are working through issues with efficiencies or process, overall operations, working with the hiring of new team members, the onboarding process, the recruiting, those conducting interviews, also the offboarding of potential team members as well, building those organizational charts, building up projects in the PM system, milestones, tasks, and really serving on the leadership team of the company to create a business that is healthy, that is functional, that is cohesive, and really just being a resource to all of the team members and the go-to person so that the visionary, the CEO can truly sit in that seat and have the ability to focus on their zone of genius. You know, one of the buzzwords in online business right now is the idea of scaling. 
I love how on one of your blog posts you mentioned scaling is growth, but growth is not scaling. What's the basic difference between growth and scaling? Super true. One of the buzzwords right now is scaling. We see it everywhere. Facebook ads, Pinterest, we hear it in podcasts, their topics of courses. Uh, there is a difference between growth and scaling. And we have to kind of remember this difference because even though it seems like scaling is what we want to do in the long term, it's not always an option for where a business is currently sitting. There may not be operational processes or foundations in place that are going to allow you to scale in the way that you are envisioning other companies or influencers or industry leaders scaling. And really, truly, you're not going to be able to scale your own business unless you're utilizing human capital. And that's really the only time you're going to be able to do that is by harnessing that power. And when I say like human capital, what I mean is talent, growing your team, team members, removing yourself from the day-to-day -day operations of your business. And that is specifically where someone like myself truly comes in and is giving you the space to scale. But we have to also understand what is this idea of scaling? So if we are defining these pieces, growing equals more resources and more revenue in your business at an equal rate. Where scaling is more income at a faster rate than your costs. So scaling is growth, but growth is not scaling. You know, scaling should not equal, you know, necessarily equal a massive team having seven figure launches, hustling every day, increasing those costs that are proportional to growth. Scaling truly is revenue that is increasing at a faster rate than when you increase your costs or your expenses. Scaling is hiring strategically and intentionally and means that as the CEO, you are truly the visionary. You are stepping out of those day-to-day -day operations. You are looking long-term and not in the day-to-day nitty-gritty pieces of your business. What do you think is the most important foundation for a business in order to scale? So in order for your business to scale, I think the biggest and most important foundation piece is that it's imperative that before you begin to create this business scaling strategy, you go back and look at the basics, revisit or revitalize your company's mission, their vision, the core value statements. Are all of these things that we probably did a year, maybe longer, are they still aligned? And are they still aligned with where we are right now? But more importantly, are they aligned with where we now want to go in three to five years? You know, so often we will draft these during the 
the startup phase of our business and we tuck them away and we never really come back to them, but they are the cornerstone of a business. They are a pillar for your business's long-term success. And if you're determined to look long-term, which I hope everyone listening is, and really having these aligned business statements, your mission, your vision, your core values, that's going to ensure that you're moving forward in the right direction. And it's going to help ensure that your team is all rowing in the same direction too. So there's really two ways to create this business scalability plan that I will refer to. Whether like you're a startup or a small business, or you're looking to potentially sell your enterprise in the future. So number one is, I mentioned this before, but scaling your business with an intentional team. So first you need to hire a team, invest in expertise so you can step into that visionary leadership and freedom that you're craving. And in order to fill that seat, that visionary leader seat in your business, you have to identify and determine what are those other potential roles on your team that need to be filled in order for you to step into that seat. So as you identify the seat you want to sit in, I suggest you ask yourself three questions to help you get there. So number one, what areas will you be stepping into as you make your next or first hire? What are specific outcomes slash measurables you want to see in your business? And in what capacity do you want to lead your team? Because leading, building a team for scalability means that you have to stop, you know, settling for the status quo of performance. You have to aim higher. You have to demand more of your business for your team. So how are you going to smash the success ceiling within your business? So often what I see people do when they hire for their team is they're looking for the right now instead of looking at where's my business going to be in six months, 12 months, and hiring for that legacy business of where we want to go down the road. Where where are we going to be? Hire for that spot. Don't hire for what you need right this very second. So we have to really look long-term. Next, number two, in kind of building your scalability plan for your business, you need to have processes and systems in place. You are playing small with that Excel sheet and your email communications with your team. That is not going to build a really successful, like scalable business model. You need to utilize and leverage systems, automations, tools, and processes. Those are essential for scalability. And having these systems in place before you start hiring will make for a much smoother transition. And you'll be able to tell those new people on your team exactly what they're responsible, which just makes everything so much easier. That's not always the case, but if you can plan for that and you can start preparing now because you know what role, where you're going and you know what roles you want to have, it'll be so much easier in the long run. What are some best ways you see to upgrade a business model? So there's definitely different ways that we can upgrade a current business model. You know, there's only so much time that we have in our day and there's only so much time we can put into, you know, a one-to-one coaching model. And we have to not always necessarily think, I need to go into this course model. I need to do 
this, like build a course or sell this membership, that's not always like the number one way that you can scale a business or increase your profit margin. Don't get sucked into this like course model trap because it's just so frequently touted in our online space and with gurus. Scaling a service-based business, for instance, is definitely doable. You just kind of have to tweak a few tactics, but again, you're probably going to really leverage human talent in this sort of scalability program for upgrading your business model. So for instance, if you currently have a one-on-one program, you can use talent team members by hiring other coaches who you train in your particular framework and methodology to coach your clients through that program. And then you are just leading and touching in with these additional clients as they come in on some other sort of regular touch base model. So you're still there, but you're not actually having to meet each of your clients weekly to coach them through it because you already have hired other coaches who are trained in your framework to give that support. So you could definitely also switch to a VIP day model. The price point is often much higher and requires a lot less prep work and the support afterward is much less. You could switch over to Voxer only coaching. This has really worked well for one of my other clients. Basically they have a package where a client can hire them for a day or another sort of time period. And they just get coaching about a specific topic through Voxer. You could also build an agency. You can hire experts in their field to take care of your clients for you. Um, Just making sure that you do have some sort of project manager on that team to manage the team so that you're not stuck in the day-to-day operations or reviewing projects or deliverables or anything and that sort of way. So those are just some examples of how we could potentially upgrade your current business model. So when is a business ready for team members? So pretty much I would say from day one, a business could be ready for a team member. If you have a process or a tactic that is reoccurring in your business that you could definitely use support in, you could hire a team member. If you feel like you are throwing spaghetti on the wall or just spending too much time on an area of your business and maybe you're not an expert or not even competent in that area, you could definitely hire a team member in your business to own that specific function. In your opinion, when should a business owner hire an operation manager and why? So I don't think all businesses need to jump straight to a director of operations or even an operations manager in their own business. If you have a team of at least three, you could potentially need a director of operations. For example, most of my clients are six and seven figure visionary women entrepreneurs, and they are typically coaches, consultants, purpose-driven service providers that are building organizations, and they're really laser focused on that goal. And so they have teams that have multiple layers, multiple departments. And so it's really essential that there is one single person sitting in this director of ops role so 
that they can grow to higher levels and they can have that strategic partner alongside of them. So you can kind of assess if you're ready to have a director of operations by having a team of a minimum of of at least three contractors or additional vendors, like a graphic designer, a VA, a website developer, a copywriter, social media manager, someone along those lines. If you feel like you are experiencing overwhelm or running the business from running the business and need more than just implementation support from your current team, so you need strategic guidance on how to deliver a product, then or how to get past a certain revenue uh, plateau, you could definitely use a director of operations. If you are experiencing a revenue of like at least 250K per year, but you're struggling for that scalability because you're in that minutia of business, the day-to-day, you could definitely use a director of operations. And if you are just feeling the full weight of owning a growing business and really being the only person responsible for everything to keep it going and keep it afloat, it's probably definitely time for you to reach out and see if a director of operations could be a good fit for you. It's been such an honor to be part of the Rising Sisterhood book. And as a leader, tell us why you started the Rising Sisterhood movement. So yes, I definitely want to chat about the Rising Sisterhood movement, which I'm super excited about. So I'm going to try and tell the story as concisely and quickly as possible. But basically, about two years ago, we were um, approached by a, a, a different project owner basically saying, you know, hey, we'd like to be part of this book, all of these things. We thought the project was going to go off as a hedge. I, I wrote my chapter, the very first draft of the chapter, sent it in, and then after some time just kind of was ghosted. And at that time, I just kind of felt like, you know, this is probably a good idea that it didn't get off the ground because I don't know if I was ready for that. You know, maybe it's not the good time. Maybe I'm not the right person. Maybe it's, you know, it's, I don't know. I just felt like at that time, it was probably not the best moment for me to really be vulnerable in telling my story. And then I just kind of spiraled into this idea that it was just because I wasn't good enough, even though all of this had nothing to do with me specifically, that I was just internalizing that. So since then, it kind of felt like there was this internal nag and I just kept hearing it. Like I really wanted to do it and then it just didn't happen. So I think I just kind of felt like this tugging or I can like relate it to, you know, when you feel like you need to do something or you forgot to do something, but you can't remember what it was. That's pretty much what it felt like. And so it it always felt like this faint calling, this whisper. And I just figured, you know, since it didn't happen, it didn't happen. And I would push down the idea because it didn't feel like it was something that I could 
own myself. Although in the back of my head, I always knew like I had this larger purpose that I was not currently living up to. I had this calling that I just wasn't taking hold of because I, all my life, I have always just played small, way too small than I ever should have. And eventually I was driving home from on a road trip and literally heard like this screaming in my head saying, this is something you need to do. Like this book, this mission, this vision that you've kind of been playing with in your head, it needs to come to fruition. And you're the person that needs to do it. Because I had always thought like, you know, wouldn't it be like this great idea if we could create a space for remarkable women to share their stories, to have other women see that they're not alone, to provide that platform in a book form, in a community form, so that we can really harness the power of all of our shared circumstances. And as a community, just honor those and empower each other and celebrate when we've overcome adversities or or whatever it might be, I knew that it was needed because I myself needed it. Um, And I, that light bulb just kind of went off, that proverbial light bulb, that screaming in my head. And I knew that that was a turning point. I knew that I needed to engineer this movement to show my daughter to show other women who are feeling stuck, who are feeling afraid, who feel like they don't matter, who feel like they are just way too small and and insignificant to share their stories. Because I felt insignificant. You know, my story felt insignificant. And I really took this idea and reached out to all of the previous authors that I knew of and all of the, like, came up with some additional new authors. And I just dug into the idea that this is what I was being called to do. And even though I had no idea how I was going to do it, I knew that I just had to take imperfect action and move past this intersection of where I was sitting, which was like brazen ambition and self-doubt. And I just took inspired, messy action every single day to figure out what is that next step? What do I have to do to make this work? And at the same time, I was reading, and I, I now have this quote in my office because it, it's incredibly empowering to me from Brene Brown that says owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing that we'll ever do. That is a hundred percent like how I feel when I started this project and now about seven months into the project, how I absolutely feel. This volume, this first volume of our book really features the stories of 16 women who are intentionally at a point in their life where they made the decision to rise, how they are courageously stepping into that power, changing their narrative, unlocking their dream, creating this massive impact. And it's these women like Lucy, who I've been so honored to walk alongside of in figuring out how to bring this idea to life. It was this idea that we have to just 
stop playing small and we have to stop being afraid to be vulnerable. We have to stand up. We have to challenge the status quo. We have to create our own version of success and we have to just step into whatever that impact is. And by aligning our shared messages, by sharing our struggles and our transformations, we are able to amplify our voices together into a movement. And because we are doing this together, the impact impact just magnifies and we are together rising. And that really is what is significant about this book is that we are making that decision to rise above the adversities, rising above the things that are holding us back. And we are now a better person on the other end of that. Really what I want people to know is that through this book, I have learned that if you are putting your true dreams and a more fulfilling life on the back burner, this is the book for you. This is the place for you. This is our community, our collective. This is for you. It's time for us together to all own our brilliance, rise together, step into our power, and change our narratives together. Thank you so much for sharing that, Amy. You are amazing. That was very powerful. And if you haven't yet, go to the Rising Sisterhood book.com. You can order your physical copies today on Amazon. Just search for The Rising Sisterhood and proceeds are donated. So support us and rise with us. If you need help with operating your business, go to amyedge.com. Thanks so much for having me, Lucy. It's been great. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Lou Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, kissing overwhelmed goodbye, and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucylucoaching.com. 